Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are pretty excited to talk about soul in Ohio, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. So, Vanessa, today, you know, we have a guest who grew up in the same area as us, and we're really excited to introduce her, but we wanted to talk a little bit about that area for people. We have a lot of listeners of the podcast who are from that area, but a lot of listeners who aren't. So we're talking about the suburb next to our Solon, Ohio. I had a lot of hangouts in Solon growing up. I'm wondering what your memories of Solon are. And our dad had his business there, of course. Right, 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 right. I remember going to our dad's business there. I remember Miles Market is like a favorite memory of mine because... It's a kind of like a fancy, sort of outdoor-seeming grocery store that always had stuff that our parents would say was really expensive, but it was before I understood how money worked exactly. Sure. And the Solon Movie Theater. I think that was really the biggest thing that I remember is going to the Solon Movie... Yeah, the Solon Movie Theater, and it had the food court next door. And then it had cappuccinos. Right. Was that what it was called? I don't know. I wasn't into coffee till, you know, much later. I wasn't really. Until we went to Lilith Fair together. Yeah, yeah, that was That's the big right. moment for me. What are some of your favorite Solon memories? Well, obviously, I used to hang out a lot at the Dunkin' Donuts in the parking lot there. I've talked about that a lot. Me and my friend Brian, a bunch of people, we would hang out there every weekend. I worked at a record store there. It seemed like a little bit, it was right when I was in college, you could take home anything from the store you wanted if you wrote it down on a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. which seems like not the best system. And then later found out that both of my managers got fired because they were taking stuff into the garbage cans and then stealing it after work. Got it. But it was a fun job. And what else? Bob Evans, of course, getting some biscuits there. There was a a precursor to Whole Foods, I believe, called Wild Oats. Yes, yes. Academy Music, where I took guitar lessons from Dave Baker. Disden, where I got some of my first cassettes. Jim's Kitchen, which is where Dad always got breakfast. Right. And, of course, the American Tavern, famous for, you know, its wings. 
Now, our guest today is, we'll have her clarify. I think she's either from Solon or she's from... Bedford, maybe. Bedford, maybe. But we're going to... Yeah, Solon area. Yeah, Solon area. And let's get to it because we have an incredible... Woo, do we have an incredible guest today. OMG. (laughs) Our guest today is a New York Times bestselling author, a comedian, a writer, a producer, an actor known for her incredible work and her hilarious podcast, like Two Dope Queens, So Many White Guys, her publishing imprint, Tiny Reparation Books, and the wonderful and hilarious books she's written, including Everything's Trash, But It's Okay, and her freeform show, Everything's Trash, and her star turn in the Netflix film... Abiza, which is where we met and fell in love. Please welcome Phoebe Robinson. And I remember I had Megan Nuringer run lines with me. Like I was so excited. And I was like, it was like the easiest, most fun audition. It really was. was So fun. And I feel like we had an instant connection. And we're like improvising so much crazy stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it felt like we have to play friends in this movie. Like the friend chemistry is there. Sorry, honeys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to be on this podcast. I, as you guys know, I've done a lot of podcasts. So it's nice to be the guest instead of like the interviewer. Yes. Yes. I feel like you're also so good at, it's like so fun to listen to you. So I hope we can live up to your podcast cred. Yes. I'll say. Yes. I hope so too. Phoebe, I taught a college class on podcasting and I had a whole module on you <gasps> and Jessica and like your podcast. Oh my God, a whole module? Yeah. A whole module, Jonah, what's yeah. a module? Yeah, what is that? I know that? like a nodule, which is sort of like a medical thing. Right. A module is sort of like how you break up a class, like curriculums, like module one, what are you going to do this? Two, three, four. Like I picked a different kind of podcast and a different genre to concentrate on and then the students would kind of make their own podcast at the end Whoa. of the class. But, oh my God. And was each module module a week? <laughs> Sorry. It can be any length. I want to say, you know, semester is about 15 weeks. I think these modules are two or three weeks, something like that. <gasps> Wait, you spent two weeks on Two <laughs> Dope Queens? Oh my God. Yeah, we read some interviews with you. We listened to some stuff. We watched some clips from the show. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I think, yeah. So excited to have you. I've, I've really excited to have you on the podcast. Do you think, first of all, probably that was everyone's favorite module, Also, do you think some of your students are listening today to this podcast and they're being like, oh my gosh, and now Jonah has Phoebe Robinson from my favorite module on the podcast today? (laughs) Vanessa, I know you think this is really a funny word. It is a really funny word. (laughs) Module is is hilarious. I I guess I just finished graduate school last year. So to me, that's like academic terms are very normal. But Mm -hmm. I I don't think we had modules when we were in school. I never heard that term. (laughs) Uh, Jonah, we definitely did not. (laughs) I never heard of that word. And then you said it. Really? Yeah. And then you said it. I was like, well, I'm context. I'm going to feel this feels like it's an honor. So that's why I got really excited, (laughs) even though I didn't know. It is an honor. It is an honor. It totally is. And now you can tell people there's a module on you. (laughs) Jonah, when you're going to school, like Jonah just got his degree in clinical mental. I got a master's degree in clinical mental health. Yes. Wow. Did you take modules? Yes. And did you get super high on them? Sorry. Okay, but your classes, sorry. Your classes were in modules? Yeah, they were. Yes. And it was like modules. 
<laughs> yeah, it was like module one is this. Am module- I super high? <laughs> I graduated from college in 2006. It just feels like this is a new made up thing. Yeah. Because this just didn't exist in the early aughts. Yeah, I, it might the be. The early aughts were a chaotic time. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I'll find, my wife is a professor. I'll ask her about it. I'll, I'll get some follow-up intel. But yeah, it's a thing now for sure. Yeah. Wait, what does your wife teach? She's an English professor. Oh my God, you guys are so cute. <laughs> I was saying, I think you met Jonah's wife when I did, Vicky. And I think it was at the fancy pizza party that I hosted. <gasps> Right, I love that fancy piece. That apartment was so cute with the. I know that was a great apartment in New York. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they're married, and they're both professors. So smart. They both have that's really cool. Huge degrees, and they're modules, (laughs) as far as the eye can see. (laughs) So Phoebe, where did just to bring it kind of back to what we're talking about before? Where did you grow up exactly? What Jonah? Did you think we got off topic? Are we going to do some editing in post? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I grew up in Bedford Heights and then I okay. moved to Solon when I was in high school, but I went to Gilmore Academy in high school. So I did public school up until high school. Then my brother and I went to Gilmore Academy. Yeah, that's that was my little journey journey in Ohio. Okay. And do you remember any of these kind of hot spots in Solon we were discussing or not so much? <laughs> I do. But here's the thing, you guys, like my parents were just, and I love them. They were just so strict. So like, I wasn't really allowed to be like out in the streets, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, so I w- just wasn't really out in these streets, out and about. But, you know, of course, I remember the Bob Evans. I remember the Panera Bread I would go to like after school or whatever. But yeah, I was kind of, I don't want to say I was a lame high schooler because I think that that's putting myself down. I was just home a lot. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and so, you know, I watched a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. I watched like soap operas. Like I was so into General Hospital. Like I just... Same. And like looking back on it now, I'm like, they the writers clearly didn't understand what a mafia was at all. Oh, <laughs> I still watch it, Phoebe. And it's so funny the way that they portray the mafia. It's like... How? Hey, guys, do a little bit of research and also... (laughs) It feels like there's only three people in the mafia to start. Yes, there's always only three people. (laughs) And for some reason, they come to Port Charles to do all their business. Yes. Because that's a real hub. And also... (laughs) The other thing that I love so much about General Hospital is that And I will say, to their credit, they have some new sets. And I want to say, anyone from General Hospital who's listening, congrats on the new sets and let ABC spend in a little bit of cash and not being so cheap. But, you know, they'll go to like Spain and it'll say like (laughs) Barcelona, Spain and show like an exterior shot of like, you know, a generic shot of Spain. And then they'll be in a hotel room the whole scene. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like... Guys, you clearly aren't in Spain. (laughs) And whenever they're outdoors, it's so clearly a set. Like, they don't even, like, make an effort to make it look like the leaves on the trees are moving. It's just, like, clearly (laughs) fake trees. It's so... What does a mob do on the show? Like, are they, like... It's an organized crime. They have business. They have business. Sonny Corinthus is a mob king, okay? (laughs) And he has, like, sort of a heart of gold, but if you mess with him... And now there's this woman, I can't remember what her name is, but she's a mob person, and she's kind of coming in and out of town. It's so funny. But the way that he covers his mafia business, 
is he has a coffee company called Corinthos Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And the coffee is really good. And also he's really great at making spaghetti sauce. (laughs) It's like the most generic, like, (laughs) wait is jason still there so that's the other thing jason is like this like (laughs) real like just super blonde white guy i'm like he would never be in the the mafia because he's not italian yeah (laughs) he was brain damaged at one point from something and remember not no not in real life but just on the show okay and so he can't remember i don't know anyways well they all at some point have that happen to them but yeah (laughs) A lot of amnesia. A lot of amnesia so storylines. Which is convenient because there's a hospital that they yeah. can all go to. <laughs> Listen to what happened to him, okay? This is actually, I'm so glad you asked about Jason. Here's what happened to Jason. <laughs> he was like on some kind of mission and he was like saving Carly. I can't remember who he was saving. And he was like going on this mission to find them. And then he, now this, you almost had to see this to believe it. They're walking through these rock structures like these and it's the most fake it's like pieces of cardboard it's like i could have put together a better set myself (laughs) just looks like he's walking through a bunch of painted cardboard boxes that a bunch of five-year-olds put together but anyway he gets buried in it and apparently he's dead guess why he's dead you guys because he wouldn't get a COVID vaccine in real life, this actor. <laughs> like, there's a hive of General Hospital people on Twitter. I saw this and I was like, Yes. Uh, what's his name? Steve Burton or something? Steve I Burton, said- he won't get vaccinated. <laughs> and he tried to say it was for religious reasons. And it's like, here's this very like generic white guy, like, not to be like, because he's Christian. Like, what? what's yeah. your come on, buddy? Steve. And the fact that I remember his name is really startling <laughs> yeah, you, for me. Yeah, you came right to you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're saying they killed his character on the show because he wouldn't get a COVID vaccine in real life? Yes, and they had to get rid... Now, I will say this. The thing with General Hospital is I would say at least 50% of characters who get killed miraculously come back to life. Like even characters that they have fully had funerals for and buried, they'll be like, it was a fake body in the box. Like it's like stuff like that, that you're like, this is guys, you can't, you can't come back from this, some of this stuff, but there's like a reason why, like, so anyways, my point just is that like, it doesn't mean that much when someone gets killed, especially when they kill them in that way, they'll be like, he got buried under all this rubble, (laughs) cardboard boxes. And you know, like he made his way out. Like, I'm sure they could do that a few years down the line. What was really interesting was some of his castmates on Twitter were very like, great working with Steve. Like I miss him, whatever. And some of them were really, one woman in particular, I remember was like very like, kind of like, fuck him. (laughs) Like he can go like, fuck off because he won't get vaccinated. Steve, I think you kind of regret that decision now because the thing is like, even though I haven't watched you know, General Hospital in decades. It seems like such a fun job, honestly. Yeah. Like as ridiculous as like the writing is, I'm like, I would do this job. They just have to learn stuff so quickly, I think. I'm sure they get used to it. And I know it does seem like a fun job. Yeah. What's Steve doing now other than spreading COVID (laughs) everywhere? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Phoebe, I think it's funny that you you said that, you know, you were home watching a lot of TV and you thought that wasn't cool. I I mean, I was hanging out in Dunkin' Donuts parking lot. Also, maybe not that cool, (laughs) even though it's kind of out in the world more. I mean, were you really into school or what were you, what was your kind of vibe like when you were that age? Vanessa was very into school. I was a slacker. I was like a C student. I like didn't really care. Didn't really interest me. Like I really didn't find my own until college, but I 
kind of like coasted a little bit. My brother was like the superstar rock star somehow was cool, even though he was like speech and debate in a jazz band, but like all the girls like wanted to date him. (laughs) And then I literally did not have that journey at all. No one wanted to date me in high school. And so I would just like watch all these shows. Like I remember watching Melrose Place, which is like not a show (laughs) I should be watching at like 13, you know, but I fully was so into it. I think like so much of my career, like I think why it I've had the successes I've had is that like I genuinely have such a true love of TV and film, like in such a nerdy way. It's such a like, it really just means so much to me. So like, I don't know. That was like, I watched Ally McBeal. I was just talking about Ally McBeal last night. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a weird show. It was such a weird show. With the dancing baby. In some ways it was so ahead of its time. And then I was watching it recently. And then in other ways, some of the episodes you're like, this is really a bad lesson. Like some, it's really a mixed bag. What was the story with the dancing baby exactly? I can't remember. It was like her biological clock, basically. Okay, got it, got it. And so she was like, but she was only like 30 at the time. Yeah, she was pretty young. Yeah. The premise of the show is basically like she, I know you didn't ask Jonah, but I'm going to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) She was in love with this guy and then they broke up. I can't remember why. Yes, they broke up. And then she started working and then they like lost touch and then they're both lawyers and she like stops I can't, if she quits or she like leaves her law firm and then she goes to work at this new one. And the guy that she had this like love affair with works at the law firm with his like new wife, played by Courtney Thorne Smith from Melrose Place. Melrose Place. Listen. Right, right. And then she has all these delusions, like she, not delusions, but she has sort of all these cartoony effects that are her that are like supposed to be what's going on in her mind, kind of. It was an interesting show. Yeah, shout out to David E. Kelly. Great job. Okay. Also, Charles Rosen, or is he, he's more 90210. I went to college with his daughter. I believe she was in Bloomers. What's Bloomers? Don't think anyone has <laughs> University of Pennsylvania's all-female <laughs> sketch comedy and musical parody trip. <laughs> Never heard her talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Phoebe, I'm not trying to... Just to go back to Solon for one second. Yes. Did you ever go to the Solon movie theater and then go with friends to Cappuccino's? No. I was not into coffee. Still, I'm not into coffee. I refuse to drink it. It's so gross. Okay, I have another question for you. No, that's fine. (laughs) Did you have a lot of bar and bat mitzvahs in seventh grade? I have a follow-up question to that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and here's my final question. (laughs) The most popular bar and bat mitzvah DJ, Terry Macklin, took over the food court that used to be next to the Solon movie theater and turned it into like a party center or something. But my question was going to be, and I think I know the answer. Do you know the infamous Terry Macklin? Do you know who that is? No, but I want to, I want to know him. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we need to have him on the podcast (laughs) at some point. He not only was the most popular bar and bat mitzvah DJ that our parents wouldn't pay for for our bar and bat mitzvahs because he was too expensive. But... He had like an empire. Well, he had dancers too. The TJ Macklin dancers. And they would come to the bar and bat mitzvahs and they would like start the line dances and stuff. I don't remember that. Yeah. Wow. And when we were in high school, my friend Samantha Licker became a TJ Macklin dancer. And I'm going, she's going to bar and bat mitzvahs all the time. TJ Macklin gave me my first Pearl Jam cassette, the first album, 10. Oh. 
So oh, I owe him for that. Terry Macklin gave me a single cassette of Are You Strong Enough to Be My Man by Sheryl Crow. Wow. And I listened to it a lot. Oh my God. Pretty good song, if I do say so myself. <laughs> that is... I mean, here's what I will say. Sheryl Crow is so underrated that I don't even think... She did such a great job with like pop rock. She was like pretty, like all these things. And people are just like, whatever. And it's like, no, she's she's a legend in my mind. She's so underrated. I agree. And you know, there was a documentary. It came out around the time my show came out. There was a documentary of Sheryl Crow on Showtime. And guess how many people watched it? I don't know. Not me. I didn't watch it because I was busy, you guys. But I'm going to... Over the holidays. <laughs> I need to watch it too. Why didn't I watch it yet? I think there's an, I watched part of the Alanis Morissette documentary. I think a lot of those. <gasps> it's, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. I love a lot. <laughs> so you've seen that one. Okay. So it, it seems like, cause I just said, I'm so busy. I didn't have time to watch Cheryl after I just made this huge stink about how she's underrated. And then <laughs> I immediately copped to watching Alanis Morissette and being very passionate about that. Listen, I'm a complicated person. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl is on the list, you guys. Okay. Look, I get it. I haven't reached out to Cheryl to do this podcast, but I did send such a long Instagram message to Alanis Morissette. <laughs> and I haven't, heard, I back haven't yet. heard back yet. But if you're listening, Alanis. Listen, Alanis is busy. Okay. We had Jewel. We had Lisa Loeb. Come on, Alanis. She is busy. Alanis, you have to do it. Like, I know you're busy. I know, <laughs> like, you're standing up to the powers that be at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Very cool. Oh, yeah. But All right. sometimes you want to take a time out from, like, fighting the man to, like, have fun. And I think you should come on this podcast. You would have so much fun. You would laugh so much. So just do it, girl. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That means so much coming from you. I'm sure to us and also to Alanis as the true, sorry, reigning queen of all time of podcasts, <laughs> Phoebe Robinson. And we'll be right back with Phoebe Robinson, the all-time reigning queen of podcasts, after this quick commercial break. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old <laughs> Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we're back. Okay, Phoebe, welcome back. Okay, we had a couple quick questions for you that are very random. Mm -hmm. Before we get into your topic, okay, and they're related to us all growing up in Cleveland, suburbs of Cleveland. Did you have an after-school theater program? Did you do, like, theater growing up? I did a little theater at, like, at Gilmore, but I was, like, truly, like, an extra. And then... I did mock trial. Okay. Did mock trial. Yeah. Our after school theater program at Orange Schools was called Stagecrafters. And I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. And a lot of times people from surrounding schools, kids from surrounding schools would come do Stagecrafters. It sounds like you weren't one of those kids. (laughs) I was not one of those kids because I think at that point, I didn't really... Like, I think I probably somewhere deep, deep, deep down inside wanted to perform, but Mm -hmm. I I think it wasn't even in my subconscious yet. So I just was sort of kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say I was lost because it was like, you're 15, calm down. But I think I felt, I just didn't think that like performing was like a thing that I was necessarily going to do. Yeah. So I don't think I put my energy towards it. And I think like high school, I was just so like uncomfortable in my body and like, yes, I'm feeling like my brother was way cooler and like I'm not and all these things. I think college is really when I started to like give myself grace as like I feel Michelle Obama would say and like who you've met would explore things, you know? Yeah. You know, I kind of was a little like that in high school too, but in I did it in middle school, but don't worry that you missed it because the casting was kind of rigged. <laughs> Vanessa's a little bitter about some of the casting choices. <laughs> some of the casting, super rigged. No, it was, I mean... But look at you now. Yeah. Look at you now, okay? Come on. Yes. Uh, and yeah, look, they did something right because I st- still talk about it all the time and had a lot of fun. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're a two-time <laughs> Emmy nominee, correct? Let's remember that. Or is it three? One time personally, but <laughs> SNL was nominated while I was there. Yeah. So yeah, like seven times, I don't know. Yeah, but, seven um, times Emmy nominee. <laughs> wow. You. That was one of our questions. And then I know your brother is a, what is your brother's title? He's So he's a state rep and he just won his re-election, which is very <gasps> exciting. Congrats. Wow. Nice. It was exciting because they, they redrawn the district. So half of the voters were new voters that he never dealt with before. So it was just like really 
called, I believe his district is now District 19. Okay. But yeah, he's just so smart and amazing. And he does that. And then he's uh, he works at this um nonprofit called Reading Partners. Like he's just like wow. such a good egg. He just really is. That's so great. Yeah. That's so cool. Look at our brothers like helping change the world while we <laughs> sit and tell stupid <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Phoebe, I was curious too, like, you know, talking about you in high school and sort of your career now, like you, it seems like you have such a strong work ethic, like, like with the podcasts, mm-hmm. the shows, like that all your writing. That is so true. And yes. I'm curious like when that sort of developed, because it sounds like you didn't necessarily have that when you were a kid. When do you think that kind of became cultivated? I do think in college because I went to Pratt Institute in Brooklyn my focus was writing. And so I got to, you know, write poetry, like essays, you know, scripts and whatnot. And so I think it was really like, oh, I get to do what I want to do, the things that I'm like really passionate about. And then in college, we had like an informal, you know, improv team. So I just really felt like I was able to fall in love with these things that I like. And so like, I'm very much a person, like if I'm like really into something, I'm like in it all the way. And so I think my work ethic really sort of like kicked in. And I think my parents also are very hardworking. So I think finally, like I got that gene activated. And then here we are, you guys. I know, right? I have a pink couch from anthropology. So look at that. Don't all be jealous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you brought that up, Jonah. That is something that I really admire about you, Phoebe. First of all, there's no one. I mean, you put such a huge smile on my face. When we ran into each other the other day, Phoebe and I randomly ran into each other the other day. It like lifted my whole day. Like I was just like, you make me laugh so hard. You're so (laughs) joyful and great. But also you are such a hard worker. And I remember that when we were doing Ibiza, you were like writing, you were like doing all this other stuff. And it's really admirable. It's really something that I respect about you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. I think I was working on my second book why we're shooting a, a visa and also watching Game of Thrones because Richard <laughs> yes. Madden was Oh my God. <laughs> Richard this Madden. So funny. <laughs> but the best story that I have to tell really quickly is we were in this movie, Abiza, with Richard Madden, who played Robert Stark. Stark. Yeah. On Game of Thrones. Jonah, did you watch Game of Thrones? I did, yes. I remember. Okay, okay great. So we were all getting dinner or something, and Phoebe is sitting next to Richard Madden. And she's like, obviously, spoiler alert, if someone is planning on watching Game of Thrones, here comes a spoiler. So don't listen. The way that he dies on the show is the Red Wedding, which is like such a huge part of Game of Thrones. And it's like his whole storyline coming to kind of a head. And Phoebe is sitting next to him and she's like, "Um, yeah, I'm watching Game of Thrones. She's like, I'm almost getting to the Red Wedding. I haven't seen it yet. And she's like, I can't even remember. What did you say, Phoebe? I was like, okay, I know about the Red Wedding. I know that a lot of people die, but I have no idea who it is. And but it's so like you love working on Game of Thrones, right? Like it was, <laughs> yeah, I just, she like didn't know he his character had died. It was like several seasons had gone by, and she's like, "Yeah, I know." Like a- I thought he was still in the show, yeah. like when we were doing the movie. So I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I kept talking about it in the present tense, and he would just be like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, "Yeah, I know a ton of people die, but I don't know." Anyways, it must be so fun being on that show currently. <laughs> well, maybe from watching so much General Hospital, you thought maybe he would come back. 
or something like right. that. Right. Ooh, Jonah. That's called full circle. <laughs> Good job, Jonah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, maybe we get into the topic today. Yes. Phoebe, you sent us some incredible topics. The one we landed on was Skechers. Incredible nostalgic topic. What's your memories of Skechers? Why did that come to mind? What What's your kind of relationship with Skechers, I guess? Okay. So the two brands of shoes that I really wanted so much growing up as a kid were LA gear shoes. <laughs> they light up and Skechers. And my parents are very much like not into capitalism. I understand it. <laughs> they don't give a shit about fashion. I disagree with them on that. And so they were just like, we're not buying you shoes that light up. Like that's ridiculous. And I was like, so like, I was kind of annoyed about it, but I was like, okay. But they like, let me get Skechers and like, let me just tell you, let me paint the picture of middle school Phoebe. I used to wear like Oshkosh because gosh, overalls. So that's the first bit. This, <laughs> I used to have this little like perfect like civil rights bang <laughs> that I used to <laughs> And then I would wear like a baggy like t-shirt under my overalls. And I had these black sketcher shoes that I was so obsessed with that I would wear with every outfit. And that was who I was. In middle school, I was a Skechers girl. Yes. That and Keds. Those are the two shoes I would wear. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, Phoebe, did you know that Skechers was founded by Robert Greenberg, who previously founded LA Gear? <gasps> Wait, are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Wow. So he wanted to focus on men's street shoes. Skechers' early products were utility-style boots, popular in grunge fashion. Yeah. Then they expanded to include women and children with casual and athleisure styles. They went public in 99. Wow. And yeah, this is all according to Wikipedia. They say it's the third largest footwear brand in the United States now. Wow. Which sounds... That sounds made up. I don't... That sounds made up. I'm wondering if maybe Robert Greenberg wrote this post or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, right. There's right. like Nike. There's like yeah. Adidas as a stu- you know so my ex boyfriend's British and he would say Adidas instead of Adidas it used to drive me fucking that's crazy. crazy but that's how some of them say it overseas they go Adidas and I'm like no I subscribe <laughs> I refuse <laughs> I refuse I had a pair of Skechers that I remember wearing that were sort of like tennis shoes but they had a platform and I remember thinking they were so cool and yeah I was very into I, middle school early high school very into Skechers now did you know that Skechers settled a class action lawsuit for 40 million dollars <laughs> based on a complaint that it had misled customers with its shape up ads do you remember shape ups <laughs> Skechers shape ups I do remember the shape yeah <laughs> It's funny, like, I still think that's a really good idea, Shape Up. Yeah. They're discontinued. No, They're discontinued? Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if any shoe company has come into the... Obviously, every time you walk, you're working out, but... They were saying something specifically that it would do something that it couldn't do. Is that it? It's like a, like a Dr. Oz thing. It said there's no evidence that the toning shoes increased exercise intensity, boosted calorie burn, or improved muscle strength. They were saying it would like do all these things for you just walking in them that turned out not to be true. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. But in their defense. Sure. <laughs> not that I'm trying to defend a corporation for not telling truth. But also, like, if you bought these shoes and actually thought all of that was going to happen. Right. Isn't that kind of your fault? Yeah, so Phoebe bringing in personal responsibility into this. I think it's a valid point. Right? Yeah, it seems like I could go to the gym or I could buy these shoes. I have to wear shoes anyways. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> so yeah, I get that. I get that. I just looked this up to make sure I wasn't making it up. But the other thing that I think is funny about Skechers is, and maybe this is why they're the third largest shoe company or whatever. They own other ones. It's got to be, right? They own other ones, but also they like kind of rip off other <gasps> shoe ideas. Let me give you an example. Everyone here has heard of Tom's, right? And every time you buy a pair of Tom's, they donate. Do you remember? I think it was Vanessa Manila Lachey or the other woman who's... It might have been Vanessa Manila Lachey, but it might have been the Charvet. Oh, she was married to Sh the guy from... David Baywatch? Charvet. Yes. Yes. I have no idea okay. who either who any of these people are. Okay, let me look up David Charvet wife. <laughs> oh, Brooke Burke. Oh, they broke up. Brooke Burke Charvet and David Charvet broke up? <laughs> yes, in 2020. What? They were another byproduct of COVID. Uh, Some couples couldn't make it through. Damn. In retrospect, I believe Brooke Burke Charvet was the spokesperson for a Skechers shoe called Bob's that <laughs> completely ripped off Tom's. Okay. Not only do they call themselves almost the same thing, if you bought a pair of Bob's, they donated a pair of Bob's. You're right. Shop Bob's from Skechers. Shop, buy Bob's and save dogs. <laughs> I think it used to be people. I think they used to give shoes to people. Now maybe they give shoes to dogs. <laughs> Phoebe, did you know about the connection between Skechers and Doc Martens? Were you aware of that? No. So I always associated them together. And I think initially Skechers like distributed Doc Martens or something. There is some kind of distribution connection. I think then Skechers on their own. But were you into Doc Martens at all when you were around or, or you were more LA gear? I was more because to me, Doc Martens felt like very punk, right. very edgy. And I was very much like Spice Girls. Wait, okay. so like I would listen to rock music and whatnot, but like punk was something that I sort of stayed away from. So I didn't really get into Doc Martens until my 30s. Okay. And now like I own a few pairs and they're so great. And so I, I wish I would have just but you know, like when you're a kid, you're so like, my identity can only be this one thing, you know? Sure. And my identity was punk. So I was really into Doc Martens. So that makes yeah. sense. And now I'm like, yeah, you just like what you like. You wear what you want to wear. But then I was just like, I just, you know, I'm Christina Aguilera. Like, I was into Backstreet Boys. Like, I thought they were true vocalists. And I thought that NSYNC was fluff. So that was like... Oh, interesting. My delineation. Yeah, I'm like, they're all the same. And then I was like into like Bone Thugs and Harmony. Like, oh my God, they were like just so brilliant. Okay, Phoebe. Phoebe. Yes, yes. Did you ever, being from Cleveland, did you ever <laughs> see Bone Thugs and Harmony at Beecher Place Mall? No, they were, they went, they were at the mall. People used to see them there. <gasps> yeah. What were their names? There's Crazy Bone, Busy Bone... Ooh, I think Crazy was my favorite. I yeah. think Crazy was maybe the one that used to go to Beach Place the most. I don't know which members went there the most, mm. but I feel like people would come into school and be like, I saw Crazy Bone at Beachwood Place Mall. That's so which great. It's this very suburban mall in this, the suburb of Beachwood in Ohio. It's really funny, but that was like a thing that I remember every so often someone would see. I never saw him there. I worked at Beecher Place one summer, never saw him. Jonah, will you tell everyone where you worked? I worked at a luggage shop called Cleveland Trunk. <laughs>
Uh, she worked the school season. I sold backpacks from a little kiosk. They also had a store at the mall next door, Laplace, which is a little Laplace. Fancier. Remember Laplace, Phoebe? <laughs> no. Uh, no. Okay. You don't remember Laplace? <laughs> Phoebe, we had very different experiences of growing up in, in Cleveland. I know. I don't remember Laplace. You remember Beachwood Place. Yes. But you don't remember Laplace. <laughs> No. I love saying Laplace so much. In <laughs> retrospect, it's so funny that it was called Laplace that. was like kind of smaller. It was like a, they had sushi rock there. It was like a little kind of like more boutique-y. But it was like right next door. But now they have Crocker Park, which is like the big outdoor mall over there. Oh, but they also have something called... Is that what the big outdoor mall is called? The, I think so. Or is it called something else? I haven't lived in Cleveland in like 20 years. I think years. Crocker Park is the one that's on the west side. I think the one oh, right. on the east side near Beach... Have, Legacy Village. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's a new one, too. Oh, there is. That has, like, a Whole Foods in it. <laughs> so this is, like, three people who haven't lived in Cleveland in so long trying to explain what things are like This is going to be so boring like for people who also yeah. have no... Well, it's probably boring for people who don't care about it, and then for people who do know it, they're, like, they're getting everything wrong. I will just say this. I'm going to say a general thing, which is that okay. the trend in Cleveland has been to make a lot of kind of outdoor malls where you walk around fake cobblestone streets in the suburbs of Cleveland. And I understand where they're coming from. And it is interesting. But at the same time, Cleveland is really cold. So, you know, you sort of love an indoors kind of a situation where you can walk place to place indoor, otherwise known as a mall. But I will say this too. You go to Beachwood Place, you can hear a pin drop. Okay, everybody? You mean there's not a lot of people there? Not a lot of people there. <laughs> okay. I thought you were, because that could also mean people there are just very quiet. Well, they're so quiet, you don't even notice anyone's there, okay? There are, if they are there. Uh, Phoebe, what were some of your, what, what were some of your <laughs> your spots in Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, I guess you didn't really hang out that much at spot, but yeah. Shopping. I would go shopping with my mom. <laughs> okay. And where would you shop? Listen, Dillard's Moments, a little Sears. Some J.C. Penney. J.C. Penney we used to hit a lot. If I wanted to feel fancy, a Charlotte Russe. Russ. Yes, that was a little... Because you're a little younger than me. That was just coming up. Did you ever... Do you remember... The Limited 2? Did you ever oh, shop with The, the Limited 2? Obsessed. <laughs> So Obsessed. Good. So good. You want to hear my entry point into the limited two? I've talked about it on here before, but in case someone doesn't listen every single week, <laughs> <laughs> my mom got me for Hanukkah one year. I opened this limited two box, and inside was a pair of stretch pants that was black and white checkered, so small that it almost was an optical illusion and almost hard to look at, give you a headache, <laughs> but so cool. A huge white cable knit sweater that went over it. And a necklace that like had like a flower on it or something like that. I might be making up the necklace. And a black beret. Wow. And I wore the whole thing to second grade. And I remember a boy in our class made fun of me for wearing a beret. And the teacher said, I think Vanessa looks great and looks very sophisticated or something. And then everyone in the class kind of nodded like, yeah. I might be making up the nodding. But anyways, <laughs> I wore this outfit with the beret. I never felt cooler and I never, and then from then on, it was like, when can I get to limited to and what can I get my mom to buy me? <laughs> I was so into limited to. I love that. It was professional, but also like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was so professional, but it was also like still kind of 
Cool. Yeah. Now I was too body conscious to wear this, but do you remember Phoebe? And again, because you're younger than me, you might not exactly remember this, but there was a period, I'm going to call it, I actually remember I was in sixth grade and everyone was getting from limited to these body suits that like were short sleeve and they like laced up the top. Do you remember that? My mom would not let me wear a body suit. It was too, like, I didn't feel like small enough to wear it. Like, I felt <gasps> like it was like all these like skinny girls were wearing it. Oh, but I didn't have like a huge complex or anything. I just felt like it was so like, yeah. showed your yeah. body so much. And being in sixth grade, I was like, not for me. But there was this one body suit that everyone had. And, and to bring up Samantha Licker again, I'm going to have to tell her she's who was a Terry Macklin dancer, she had one in yellow and she had matching yellow denim shorts from Limited Two. And I remember being like, oh. this is the height of cool. Yeah, you're like, oh, can I just be her for one day? You know what I mean? Like, that's how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. I remember all the girls were wearing those bodysuits from Limited Two and I thought, bodysuits not for me. It's when bodysuits first came out also, I think. Right. And we were all like, what is this? And then now I, I legit own... Like 15 bodysuits. I have turtleneck bodysuits. I have yes. sleeve bodysuits. I have short sleeve bodysuits. I have sleeveless bodysuits and long sleeve bodysuits. Sheer bodysuits. It's a, it's so much. So convenient. Well, you're a fashionista. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Jonah, do you know what a bodysuit is? Yeah, I think so. I think I figured it out. <laughs> okay. It's just like basically a shirt that like almost is like a leotard in that it like snaps at the bottom. And so you never have to worry about your shirt coming untucked or looking messy. What's great about body suits is I'm going to get up and demonstrate. This is, you guys can't see this, but like when you have to go to the bathroom, all you do is you just pull it to the side and then you can pee. Right, right. Well, yeah, it's great. I wore a lot of bodysuit type things when I was filming my show and those poor wardrobe people... <laughs> <laughs> would just get bodysuits covered in piss. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't have great aim. The drawback of a bodysuit is it really traps vagina heat so well. It's just like... Yes. Yeah. And look, usually they have little buttons at the bottom. Sorry, Jonah. They have little buttons at the bottom so that you don't piss all over them. <laughs> anyway... Uh, uh. We had an incredible <laughs> wardrobe department and they put up with a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Phoebe, Vanessa mentioned you're a fashionista. I'm wondering if you were also a Maxinista because TJ Maxx was a place we used to go to a lot. We used to go there a lot. So here's the thing. Never shopped at TJ Maxx. Okay. Remember that TJ Maxx by the Corky and Lenny's and Mally's yes. Candy? My mom was never into TJ Maxx. And so like we would just never go. Did you go to Corky and Lenny's? From time to time. It was so good. <laughs> So good. So good. Shout out to Corky's and Lenny's with love gift cards for all three of us. Yes. <laughs> give it to us, please. Also meant to ask you this, speaking of a place that is very generous with gift cards because they are my favorite restaurant in Cleveland and I do shout them out a lot. Were you a fan of Tommy's? I feel like we've talked about this before. I don't know. Let me Google Tommy's. I don't know if I ate. In Coventry? Did you used to go to Coventry? I mean... Not really. You weren't as into it. I let me see. Yeah, no, I don't think I went. I'm, I'm, I'm googling it. I don't think I've ever went to Tommy's. Oh my gosh! Sometime when we're both in Cleveland, let's do it. I'll take you there. It's really good. 
It's really an incredible eating experience. We should do it. We should all go for sure. It's vegan friendly. I love that. Yeah. So cute. It's so good. Milkshakes. Hummus is incredible. Falafel. It's kind of a hippie spot that has been there since the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Love it. Right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Brack? Jonah, we're going to take a quick brack. <laughs> I like to take a quick brack. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to get made fun of for this. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Phoebe Robinson. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back from this break. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that really makes me it's laugh. It's great. It's so funny. <laughs> it's great. I love it. <laughs> so Phoebe, we're going to play a game now that I think you're really going to enjoy. Okay. Now, I wonder if you remember this, but years ago, there was this column in The Plain Dealer called Monday Moaning. And people would write into The Plain Dealer with their complaints. (laughs) It was kind of before the internet was that big. And it went away about 10 years ago. They no longer do it. But 
there's an archive of a lot of these Monday morning columns. And what Jonah and I like to do and what we're going to do in this game is we pick three submissions to Monday morning. If we think that they're legit, we'll say, I think this is a legit moan. Legit moan. And if we think that they're sort of stupid or, you know, we don't support them, we'll say we think it's an unnecessary groan. Unnecessary groan. Okay. Love it. And these are all from about 2011, I would say. Yes. 2011. 2011. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Okay. okay. Vanessa, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Sure. Okay. Here's the first one. To WKYC, who will be bemoaning their short-sighted decision to part ways with Ramona Robinson. There are many of us who value her positivity, civic-mindedness, and enthusiasm for Cleveland and the region's talented youngsters. Clevelanders have adopted her as a transplanted daughter. She will be sorely missed. This is from Lakewood. Phoebe, do you remember Ramona Robinson? I remember her because I interned at WKYC for like, I think, two days or something. (laughs) I forget how that came about. And she was so lovely, so pretty. I remember the beautiful mole on her face. Yes. It was her. Who was the white guy that was with her, Tim? Let me Google it. Just for people listening, she was a local newscaster who was very popular. Tim White. Tim White. Tim White. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry I said Chuck. I was probably getting confused with Chicago. But (laughs) I remember when I was a hostess for this one summer at Bravo, she came in to eat and it was like the room hushed because she was so gorgeous. Yeah. Incredibly tall, very tall. Yeah. She came in. They took her straight to like the private room to eat in, like the party room kind of, like the separate room. And I remember everyone was just like, Ramona Robinson is here. Everybody get to fucking work. (laughs) (laughs) No, but she's amazing. She was the first Black woman to anchor a nightly newscast in Cleveland. Like, she is, like, truly legendary. Yes. And so that is a legitimate moan. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. She's legend. I agree. I agree, too. Legendary. And I found out through Wikipedia that she had a cameo role playing a reporter on a first season episode of the ABC television series, The Commish, which aired <gasps> in, in 1992. She was on The Commish, she was on the commish oh in 92. We got to find it. Wow. I wonder why she left W. They said they parted ways with her. Her contract expired in December 2011. She was there for 15 years. But in 2012, January, she signed with CBS affiliate Channel 19, and she left there in 2018. So she got a new job right after this. Her her contract expired. She probably negotiated a way better contract. Yes. And probably in 2018, she was like, hey, guys, I don't need to work another day in my life. I'm Ramona Robinson. I do what I want when I want. Get out of my face. Yeah, signing off. Oh, my God. Signing off. Love it. Okay, so, so that's I think a that legit moan. Legit yeah. moan from all of us, for sure. Okay, yeah. Jonah, do you want to read the next one? Yeah, so this one is, <laughs> you might, is a little more obscure. Congratulations to the Cleveland Clinic on its new center in Las Vegas. Who knows? Someday I might need it. However, the building leaves a lot to be desired. It looks like a bunch of windows falling down after an earthquake. I'm a big fan of Frank Gehry's work, but this is too far out to be beautiful. From Cleveland. <laughs> Listen, what we're not going to do is fucking drag Frank Gary. Like, what have you done? And also, why do you care so much about the <laughs> Cleveland Clinic's new center yeah. in Las Vegas? Like, no, who knows? Someday I might need it. Yeah. Well, not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's so weird that this person's like going online, finding this new center in Las Vegas and being like, it's not for me. It's like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Don't go. He's a legend. Listen, are they all going to be bangers? No. But you know what? He's an artist. He's trying. This is an unnecessary groan. Fuck this person. Unnecessary groan. How dare you even? Vanessa, Uh, what do you think? You agree? I agree. I agree. Also, yeah, you know what? Just it, the fact that this person felt like they needed to write in to say that they didn't like the architecture of this place. I mean, I know that's the point of this <laughs> column, but find a hobby, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and the Cleveland connection, I think, with Frank Gehry is, you know, he designed this, that curved brick building, that Peter B. Lewis building at that college. It's like that Case Western that like uh-huh, he designed uh-huh. this like really cool building there. So I think he has like, you should check it out. He has some kind of connection to Cleveland. But yeah, I think it's so bizarre to be like the Cleveland Clint's opening. I live in Cleveland. This is in Las Vegas. And I, it's not for me. It's like, okay, yeah. it's not for you. Like also who's going to yeah. a, a hospital because of like what it looks like aesthetically, yeah. like the architecture. That's so weird. Like, don't you care about the doctors? Like the, yeah. it's a very strange complaint. I agree. Totally unnecessary and out of line, I would say. Yeah. I'd say out of line. Leave Frank Gary alone. What have you done? Vanessa, do you want to read the last one? This is a really brief but poignant one. This is a really brief one. I think the whole world is made up of nothing but liars and crooks from Garfield Heights. This person's from Garfield Heights. Okay. Want me to read it again? Just one more time. I think the whole world is made up of nothing but liars and crooks. You know, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Not wrong. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, given the state of the nation. The yes. state of the world. Yeah. It's overpopulated with liars and crooks. Agree. But I think to say that it's nothing but, I think yes. it's going to put you into a negative mind space. Agree. And I feel like it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy in which you will only interact with the liars and crooks when there's plenty of great folks out there that you're missing out on. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like there's only liars and crooks out there if that's how you think about it. But let's focus on the people. I would say both of you, not liars and crooks, kings and queens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about the psychology of the person writing this into the newspaper. Yes, yeah. I know. Because it's it's not very specific, but they wrote it down, they sent it in and got published. And what what's the story behind this? To me, it's it's very mysterious. Yeah. I also feel like this person was probably going through a rough time. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, you know what? I'm just going to like, this should have been a phone call to a friend so you could like unpack it. Right. Right. But instead they did the, the Monday moaning and here we are. Yeah. But it's also, I think the world is made up of nothing but liars and crooks because I went to the store the other day and this thing happened. Then I went to this other place and this thing happened and so on and so forth. To just say that as a blanket statement, I go, give me the evidence, bud, or <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't have anywhere to go with this. Yeah. A little context would help, but it does have yeah. a little bit more force just being so brief and just You're to right. the point. You're right. And it's very, yeah. A lot of times the people who write into Monday Moaning kind of go on and on and kind of use words the wrong way, etc. because <laughs> they're big words. I'm going to call it an unnecessary groan, but I will say it packs a punch. Unnecessary groan. Phoebe, what do you think? I think it's an unnecessary groan, but I'm with Vanny in that like there's poetry and like how succinct it is. It's just like, okay. Okay. Yeah. 
I agree with both of you. You know, Monday Morning in some ways is a proto Twitter, and this person's kind of treating it like Twitter. It's it's short, mm. it's it's contained, mm-hmm. and I think I think there is something to that. You know, although I would appreciate a little more context, could be interesting too. Although a lot of these contexts around these are like someone cut someone off at the grocery store, or like right, there right. a lot of times they're very banal <laughs> things. So maybe it's more powerful without the details. Who knows? Mm, we like yeah. the brevity. We don't like the energy, but that's why Monday Morning exists because people have a right to get their complaints out there, and that's why. It no longer exists because it's because <laughs> it's, it's not really a great column. Okay, <laughs> Phoebe, this was so much fun. We love you so much. Okay, where can people find your incredible, excellent, hilarious, moving work? I have three books out. Three books out. They're all great. You can't touch my hair. Everything's trash, but it's okay. And please don't sit on my bed in your outside clothes. You can buy them wherever you get your your books from. I'm on Instagram at Dope Queen Phoebes, P as in Paul, H-E-E, B as in boy, S as in Sam. And you know what, guys? I'm just out here living. So you might yes. see me at a bookstore. You might see me at a grocery store. You might see me at a concert where I'm the youngest person there, like an Anita Baker concert. <laughs> I will be the youngest person there. And Elton John, I will be the youngest person there. You too, probably will be one of the younger people there. Hanging out with Bono, your friend. I love him so much, you guys. He's such a good person. He's such a good person. Should I have him try and set me up with someone? Yes. That could be exciting. Yeah, I'll ask him. Yes. He's busy. I don't want him to be like, hey, B, I know you're like... He has time to set set you up with someone. How long does that take? (laughs) <laughs> Vanessa, do you have a Bono impression? You probably do a pretty good one. I'll tell you an impression of when he gave the commencement speech at my college <gasps> when I was graduating. I was there. Did you know that? Did I tell you that? You never told me that. That's very cool. And then I met him when he was on SNL. Yes. And I said to him, you gave the commencement speech at my college and it was UPenn. And he said, oh, my daughter goes there now. He was very nice. He's so nice. That's the one time I met him. That's so cute. This is my impression of how he started his speech at his commencement speech. I'm Bono and I'm a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's Irish. Irish. An Irish Irish accent's really hard. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was British for a second. (laughs) Or like Australian. I'm Bono and I'm a rock star. Is that right? And I'm a rock star. Yeah, because he got an honorary degree, I think, also. We gave him a... We. My school <laughs> gave him an honorary law degree. And I I think I have done a little bit of stand-up about it, but I'm always like, <laughs> who's going to have him represent them? <laughs> Bono, can you use your honorary law degree and get me out of this parking ticket? <laughs> but I'm not making fun of him because I do love him, too. Yeah. I just... Hilarious. I wonder what you do with an honorary law degree. I think it's a very funny honorary degree to get. But that's what he wanted, I'm sure. Do they give those to people to like lure them into giving a speech? I think so. I think so. It must be. Got it. Okay. I want to give a speech. <laughs> yeah, you'll get an honorary. I think yes. you can get honorary degrees. It counts. I think it counts nice. as a degree. What if we, we become doctors just from giving speeches? Done. PhD doctors of maybe I'll get my law degree in, in one speech. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all it takes, folks. One speech. <laughs> you're a lawyer. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, this was so much fun. 
Thank you to everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? Where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like Skechers. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.